gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate, and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up. Follow us, subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. This is our new podcast. We want to welcome any new listeners and thank the people that are coming back to listen to our today Upland story. I wanted to look back on a hunt that most people probably haven't gotten to experience, and that is a chucker hunt that we went on back in Nevada. My goodness, it was probably six, seven years ago. And if you want to talk about a hunt that was breathtakingly exciting, but also incredibly physically tasking on your body, it is a chucker hunt. So a chucker is in the partridge family. It's a chucker partridge. The name is spelled C-H-U-K-A-R. They are originally, I believe, from far out, out in the far east. It is a mountain bird. Uh, chuckers are very common for people to use for training. It's a common upland bird at game farms. Uh, I like to hunt them with younger dogs here when they're on release birds because they don't run as fast and they fly really, really well. So it's a great bird for the dog. I don't like taking young dogs out initially on pheasants just because they run so fast that if you're trying to teach a dog how to track, flush, retrieve, you end up losing a lot of the birds. You're watching the money run right out of the field. But chuckers themselves are a really good flying bird. I like them way more than quail. Uh, Quail, at least when you're releasing quail, my problem with them is they usually fly about two feet above the dog's head and about 10 feet in front of them. So you have a lot of times when it's a no-shoot situation, heaven forbid someone does shoot and makes a mistake, but it also is where they only fly so far they land, and they're also bite-sized where I've had dogs try to eat them. So that is not my favorite bird, but Chucker, as far as a training bird, is a great bird, but to go on a hunt, now that is something that is a wonderful experience. Uh, 
So to set the stage, we were filming for a uh, Chucker episode. We were with uh, the sponsor at the time was Webley and Scott. They had asked us to come out to Reno and to go Chucker hunting. We did not take my dogs. We flew out. We had German short hair pointers, really good dogs. They held a great point. They were athletic. And I wished I could say the same for myself as, and especially the camera guy I had along at the time. It was a rough go. My camera guy had muck boots. I told him repeatedly that you needed better boots than that, but he argued with me, so I let him wear his muck boots. And we were hunting. The mountains weren't necessarily tall, but very steep. So it was steep terrain, which as a, I guess as a product of the hunt, it probably doesn't sound like it would be terrible because you weren't gasping for air because it was such a high elevation. But the problem we had was you let the birds range and the birds are ranging or the, you let the dogs range and the dogs are ranging up and down the mountain and they are looking for the birds. There weren't many times that the dogs went on point when we were on top of the mountain. And a lot of times you you stayed up on top because the dogs would work both sides of the, the, the mountains or hills that we were on. And when they're on point, you're up on the ridge or the peak and you got to go down to the dogs. I would say about 50% of the time when you would get down there, the birds had moved and these dogs held solid points, but the birds had moved. Sometimes they had flown or flushed wild after they moved and then you had to climb to the back of the top of the hill. So it was very task oriented in the fact that, you know, physically you're, you're having to go down. Your task is to get down to the dogs. And then once there were no birds there, you had to go back up so that you could watch both sides of the terrain that you're on. When you did get a bird, it was, my goodness, it was an accomplishment. I guess I've never been on a wing shooting hunt where I felt such an accomplishment getting a bird. We didn't shoot a ton of birds because, again, they were pretty wild. They were hunted pretty hard in this area. We found quite a bit of gear out in the area, and you could tell that the hunters were there. So the birds were fairly wild. We ended up having to go and get release birds just for filming purposes, which I hate to ruin it for you, but sometimes this happens. You have to get a certain amount of action. So we got release birds to put out so that we had just extra kills, so that we had extra birds that were down. But overall, what a fun hunt. It was kind of crazy. We stayed in Reno, as I said, and we stayed at a casino. So at four in the morning, when everyone is just three sheets to the wind and gambling, we're walking through in our hunting gear carrying uh, hard cases with our, our, our firearms in them. It was uh, it was something. I mean, it was it was just a unique unique hunt. But again, the mountains they were arid, so you're out. There weren't many trees. There was sagebrush. You're in an arid area. You're chasing this little bird with these pointers, and I can't tell you how deflating it was when you would go down maybe a quarter mile to a half mile to get down to the dogs and get down there, and there was no bird, and now you get to climb to the top. I had a camera person at the time that was crying almost in the field and telling me that he couldn't do it and couldn't go. We did get it done. We did get it filmed. And it was two days while we were out there. And it was, it was, it was fun. Uh, the other day that uh, we went, we went hunting wasn't for chuckers. It was for Valley quail. And now there we got into Valley quail and it was a Valley that 
they wouldn't even let me show certain landmarks because they didn't want anyone to know where we were. But wow, did we get birds. I think we shot 38 quail in that area. And the amount of birds in there was just, it was amazing. It was a fun hunt in comparison to climbing up and down the day before where we're now on a valley floor. Again, arid region and really doing well on quail. But if you want to go on a challenging hunt, you really got to try a chucker hunt. It is something that I think everyone should do once. You want to make sure that you're in good shape and make sure that you have good gear. But it is something that I enjoyed. I think at the time we had four people. Wild bird wise, I think we shot 11 birds and then we put some, uh, as I said, we put some training birds out just to get some extra kills. I'd say we probably saw 30 birds, but at that time, it was later in the season, they had been pounded in that area where we were. Did not see any other hunters when we were out there. If you haven't been out into that desert southwest type of atmosphere, it is crazy because you get in these big expanses and you can see forever. And there are no houses, there's hardly any trees, there's very little water, and there's very few people. So it is it is something that you're going to want to know where you're going or go with someone that hunts that area so that you're not just hunting an area that does not hold a population. But it's something that you should really try. We enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm, I was happy I did not have my dogs because that would have been very tough on them trying to have them understand how the hunt would go. But it was uh, when you're with really nice pointing dogs, these were GSPs, they retrieved the hand. They were well-mannered. It was fun to be out in the field with these other dogs and watch them work on something that I had never done. Again, I have hunted chucker when they're release birds. And when we're hunting them as release birds, you're basically putting them out in an upland field. You're putting them out so that you have an area that is conducive for an upland hunt in, in here in our state of Wisconsin. But it is nowhere near what their natural their natural habitat is and what a natural hunt would be. So if you haven't had a chance, get yourself out there. Try a chucker hunt out in the uh, southwest. Or if you've got uh, got the money, go to where they naturally occur. Honestly, I, I didn't. I guess I didn't prepare for for the uh, uh, for the podcast. But I know they're in arid mountains in the southeast uh, southeast Asia. Find an area where you could go on a real hunt for them, and that would be something as well. I hope you guys enjoyed that part of the show. We are going to have our training tip. We're going to talk about, talk about teaching a retriever quartering. And then our hunting tip is going to be about gear you would need if you go on something like that chucker hunt or a hunt where you have are traversing up and down in a more arid, uh, mountainous type of a hunting situation. So stay tuned for all that and more coming up after this. Jeff Fuller, again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. Don't get that dirty look from your dog. Check out Mac Outdoors. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere. But she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical 
as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Welcome back to the show. We just got done talking about a chucker hunt, which is an upland type of a hunt in the mountains. Uh, we hunted with pointers. Now I wanted to stay in the upland realm, which I know guys have told me if we can do more upland, they would really like it because there aren't many shows that talk about upland. But talking about training, let's talk about teaching a dog, a retriever in particular, how to quarter when you are working with them, when they're a young dog or a young dog in their training. And this is something that what I will do is I take birds and put them out. You could also take bumpers, put bird scent on them. But I do something called an, what I call setting a field. And that is that I imagine there's an imaginary straight line going down a field. And I'm going to put the bumpers or birds on the left and right out usually 20 yards or so. So that the dogs have to range at least 20 yards to one side or the other. I never put birds and bumpers out in the middle uh, just because naturally will that occur in hunting? Yes, they'll find birds in the middle, but you don't want your dogs just to go straight forward and to only look in the middle. You want them to think that their reward, which is the retrieve on a bumper or the flushing bird or the retrieve on a dead bird, is out there so that they are ranging from left and right. If I am working with a dog where it's just myself, I will actually subtly quarter with the dog. Dogs naturally want to be out in front of us. They naturally want to be out there and have uh, be out where they're looking out in front of you. So I'll actually subtly quarter through the field, not to the extent I want the dog to, but I will walk in directions from left to right on a crisscross across the field to kind of have my body language in my direction push the dogs they're trying to stay in front of me so that they're quartering back and forth. And as the dog gets more experience, I make it less pronounced, and eventually I just work where I walk straight down the field. I like to use the same field numerous times until I get a dog where they're quartering good because they kind of understand what the game is there. And what I'll also do is, if I have two people, it's doing, again, the imaginary line where you have the straight line going down the field. I'll put one person 10 yards on one side, 10 yards on the other, put the birds 10 yards out past them, and then just call the dog back and forth between the two of you. <clears throat> now, when you're teaching quartering, you're going to have a release command. That is, in, in my training, I tell them to hunt it up. It is getting the dog so that they are staying in range, and range is going to be no more than 10 to 15 yards out in front of you. And if they get out too far, calling them back in, telling them to hunt it up. When you have two hunters, you're going to be calling them over to you with a here, here, here command, hunt it up, here, here, here command, hunt it up, getting the dog to run consistently back and forth and having them so that they are, again, in range, working on the outsides of the hunters and then quartering back and forth or working on the outside of your imaginary line that you're, you're doing your not as pronounced quartering, walking down the field yourself. Why do we keep the dogs within 10 to 15 yards? Because honestly, it comes down to something called the reactionary gap or your reaction. Reactionary gap is a law enforcement term from when I uh, taught uh, police self-defense. And that is that it takes X amount of time for you to process that you see a bird, your brain to tell yourself it's a bird, your brain to tell your finger and your, your arms to pull up the gun and then to pull the trigger. During that time, if a bird flushes at about 30 yards, by the time you pull up, get on that bird and pull the trigger, the bird's at max range or too far. 
So if you keep it so that you're at 10 to 15 yards, you're going to get a solid shot at that bird, if not a second shot, so that the bird is in range and in a good kill radius for you. I will tell you that my biggest mistakes I make on Upland is when it is an quote-unquote easy shot. I've got several lines in my labs that like to point. When they point, I will pull up if it's at my feet, and I will usually miss three times. Why I miss, I'm always looking for the bird dropping. I don't have my cheek down on the stock. I'm looking up over the gun, and I'm, in essence, shooting right over the top of the bird. So make sure your form is good. Make sure that if you miss, you're thinking about why you missed, and make sure your dog stays in range. When you're out hunting also, when it's your dog or anybody else's dogs, make sure you have horizon. In other words, you can see sky when you're shooting at the bird, so you're not shooting when the bird is still where you see cover. Many a dog has perished because people get excited and shoot at a bird, and either the dog leaps or the dog is right behind the bird, and they don't see it, and the dog gets shot. So be safe in the field. Never shoot a bird on the ground and realize that you're out there to have fun. If the bird gets away, you can always usually flush them up again, or someone else will have one get away from them and you can flush their bird up. It's about the experience. It's about being out there with your dog. It's about being a teammate with your dog. Be a good teammate. Teach them how to quarter before you go out. Again, when you're on your first couple of hunts, use that quartering method still with them. Always hunt younger dogs by themselves for a certain period so they don't get uh, dependent on other dogs. And really make sure that you have good visibility on the hunters and if you can on the dogs as well. So I hope that helps you on this training tip. Next, we're going to talk about gear you need to hunt when you are doing a hunt out in the mountains like on our chucker hunt. We'll have that coming up after this. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Hey, welcome back to the show. So we're in the hunting portion for the hunting tip, and today I wanted to talk about gear. When I was on this chucker hunt, again, it was arid, it was dry, it was rocky, there was sagebrush, <clears throat> there was some cactus, what I learned was the importance of footwear. Now, for people, it is footwear. You need a good solid boot that really sets your foot so that your foot doesn't move around a lot because you'll avoid getting blisters. You want to have a good sole so you have good traction, and you want them to be as lightweight as you can. Depending on the type of hunt, I have several types of boots where I've got Lightly insulated to heavily insulated. I do not have any uninsulated because the odds of me going on a hunt where it is going to be that temperature are probably very slim. I guess I, I could get some if I had that point. But as far as footwear goes, I also watched the dogs that had boots on. I've never hunted my labs with boots. Again, these were uh, German short hair pointers. They had dog boots on and then they attached them with duct tape, which sounds mean, but it wasn't. The dogs didn't have a problem with it. The way they took them off with the dog's fur, it didn't cause an issue, but it kept those dog boots, which they had fitted so that they were the proper size, on their feet so that the dogs could run over these jagged rocks, run in cactus, and go all day long and not have an issue. I have hunted where there's cactus in the past when I did, uh, we were filming in central Montana. 
when I was out there, I had numerous dogs that went down because they got cactus thorns in their feet. So I understand the need for that. I just never had it where we were hunting with it. What we did in Montana was we avoided that area. I was like, hey, this isn't worth it. I can't have the dogs go down. But out there, it was something you had to have. So again, good boots for yourself, good boots for the dog, and also have a watering system for the dog. A lot of people will teach dogs to drink out of a water bottle where you can squeeze basically a stream into their mouth. Uh, the other cool things that they have out there, they have the collapsible bowls that you can take along with you, but have a lot of water along. Even if there is water in the area, have water for your dog so you have a clean source of water. The last thing you want your dog to do is go into a stagnant pool of water and drink. They can get giardia, they can get coccidia, they can get all sorts of issues. So have that good water along so the dog does not get dehydrated, the dog does not get sick at a later date from a parasite and you will have a much better hunt. And take some water for yourself too. It was a taxing hunt, I'm telling you. It was a great experience. I wish that we had that type of hunting near my house so I could go more often, but alas, that's probably a 25-hour drive for me or at least 20 hours to get to that area. So have yourself good gear. Enjoy being out in the field with your dogs. If you get a chance this year, I know I preach it, Take someone new hunting. I've already got two people that haven't duck hunted that are going with me this year. Get more people involved in the great sport we love, whether it's big game, upland, or waterfall. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. God bless. Sporting dog adventures. Run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.